welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. How you doing? I'm good. I am excited. Why? I don't know why. Yeah, I do want to know why. Because we have a giveaway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if anyone was listening last week, we were talking about putting on a giveaway and we've gone ahead and done it. So We are um, people of our word. Exactly. Um, so, we have uh, a giveaway at the moment on our Facebook and Instagram um, for the same prize. So, not sure how we're going to work that out, but we will. Um, well, well, we'll randomly we'll put everyone in one big pool, and then we'll just select one person. Good plan. Okay, so uh, basically, what you can win is uh, a little while ago, uh, HMV did this wonderful collection of classic films uh, in VHS cases. So you get the DVD, uh, the Blu-ray, and some other collectible items, and it all sits nicely on your um, on your shelf, uh, looking like a VHS tape and what and is it it is one of your absolute favourites oh yeah it is. <laughs> it is John Carpenter's The Thing yes so, so. oh wow Jinx <laughs> you're not allowed to speak Jinx now Jinx coat no make for a weird podcast um, <laughs> but yeah uh, I'm super excited when I saw this I was like really wanted it for myself if I'm perfectly honest <laughs> uh, it's sitting on the table in front of us it is still wrapped in cellophane and one of my all time favourite things is to take Blu-rays out of cellophane so so weird so you weird might have to, you might have to hurry and take it away from me hide it somewhere <laughs> because I am almost certainly going to have to kind of uh, break down and, and try and get in this <laughs> no, no. there you go uh, so all you need to do is uh, go to uh, Behind the Sofa Podcast on Facebook or Instagram so that's at Behind the Sofa Podcast on Instagram and facebook.com slash Behind the Sofa Podcast uh, find the post that has the wonderful uh, picture of all of the goodies that you can get um, in there make sure you uh, like or follow the social media account like the post and tag a friend who you think might be interested in what we're doing here. So, and that's it. And um, if for double the chance, then um, yeah, stick stick your details on. You know, join in on both on both Facebook and Instagram. Almost seems to. like cheating. Almost seems like cheating, but we'll allow <laughs> we're it. We're giving it away. Yeah, I was gonna say this seems. Uh, I'm not sure about this. But anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> um, what are we reviewing this week? This week we're we're down to number eighty-seven. We're it's motoring going, it's through going these. Quick, right? We're really motoring yeah. through these. So this week is uh, 2001. So going going from uh, 1927 uh, last week all the way out to 2001. 2001, um, a, a much simpler time. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, we won't get into that. That's, yeah. that's a whole whole <laughs> different podcast. Um, so this is uh, session nine. So it's uh, director Brad Anderson's first horror film that he did. He'd done two sort of romantic comedies before this, and then uh, and then did this as his first horror film. So really, yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I wonder if uh, your views on it will uh, reflect this being a first horror film. They will. Okay. They will. <laughs> they will reflect that. <laughs> They'll reflect it uh, pretty heavily. Okay. Um, I didn't like it. Ooh, I didn't like coming it. straight in. I didn't like it Ouch. at all. Ouch. Uh, I've, I was really looking forward to it because it's the first like kind of moderny movie that we've had on the list that I had not seen. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was massively disappointing. Uh. We'll come on to the reasons why as we go through. But what did you think of it? I didn't mind it. Okay. Well, I, 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 I think this is the first time. This shows how simpatico we are. Mm. I think this is the first time we've disagreed on a movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I not didn't... ever, but like no. on the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I didn't like it. I would say I would be more on the side of liking it than disliking it. Okay. Okay, so this could be an interesting one. So basically, it starts off. We've got Peter Mullen, who I love because he yes. has a very cool voice. Yeah. And he's the gruffest. He looks like his face has been hewn from granite. <laughs> He is uh, Peter Mullen. He is properly hard bitten. Yes. I love it. Um, you might know him from Westworld and 
Harry Potter and yeah, yeah. Tyrannosaur and a bunch of other good stuff. Yeah, you'd know um, him if you saw him, I think. Yeah, really great, like Scottish character yeah. actor. Um, he is the head of a uh, an asbestos removal company, and his company gets uh, called into an abandoned uh, insane asylum called Danvers State Hospital. And it actually was filmed at Danvers State Hospital. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually a place. A real they, place. They filmed in the, the actual place and kept the name and everything. So. And um, basically he gets called in with his uh, with his kind of like partner who is played by David Caruso. Love that David, David Caruso. Caruso. Yeah, Horatio, of, of, Horatio Kane Of removing CSI. sunglasses in a yes. kind of fantastic way. Um, but basically they get called in to this insane asylum uh, to give a quote on how quickly they can get all of the, you know, biohazards and asbestos and all the crud out of the hospital um and guess what an abandoned in sailor asylum there's some spooky stuff going on in Yay. there um so things start to slowly unravel a little too slowly if you ask me <laughs> um things start to slowly unravel uh, and they end with a big old well, a big old thing a big old thing there's a thing that a thing happens, happens. first okay. thing i will say you cannot buy production values like these because what they've done is really cleverly chosen their filming location Mm -hmm. and they basically rolled up day one (laughs) and just put the camera down and said that's it they didn't quite do that no they did well they didn't quite do that all the set dressing was done for them the set, the, yeah, they they literally scoured like the safe areas that they could get to in this building because it was like literally falling apart, um, and they they pulled together all of the pieces that they had found. There was only a few bits, like in the hydrotherapy room, they put in a metal tub that wasn't in there anymore. Um, I think uh, there's one bit where you see them walking past, and there's a whole bunch of like meat hooks and stuff like hanging on the wall. They they put those in, and there's only a couple of other bits, but the rest of it just literally looks like you know it is an abandoned building. But they they gathered all of the the set dressing, like you said, it wasn't done for them. It was all there. But they gathered it from all the areas and placed them all perfectly. So, you know, mm. all of the stuff you see in the film pretty much is all, you know, like was all from the building itself. And that's what I mean. Like it's got the walls have this amazing texture. Everything mm. has the right kind of colour to it to really, you know, what I mean, it is basically like a like a set decorator or a production designer's dream. Yeah. You, the, this building is the building you would take photos of for inspiration for when you go and build your spooky insane asylum movie set yep. this is what it's based on you know i mean the walls are peeling um there's graf- weird like creepy graffiti everywhere uh, everything's kind of there's like patches of water and it just looks so disgusting it's got that cool like dust filter fine, mm. kind of like flowing floating through the air mm-hmm. um yeah so in terms of like oh i'm gonna set my horror movie in a really spooky location gray day you guys have absolutely you've won the oscar for for, <laughs> for, for choosing the, the best place to shoot your movie job, everyone um they've also done a really excellent job at choosing the uh at choosing some of the cast as well mm-hmm. david caruso's good good not great he's good um peter mullen is excellent he has this real kind of like knack of like uh, like being a guy who just seems at his absolute wits end yep like he's kind of close to breaking point. There's something, there's that dark little, simmering. Yeah, there's something yeah. simmering below the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when there was one bit where, like, he's you know he's going through some stuff, but he um, is like smiling and trying to think, trying to pretend like he's fine, but he's like on the verge of tears at the same time. Mm. I'm like, how do you do that? Like yeah. so he was, yeah, it's just so good. The bit that. Um, immediately got me off on the wrong foot though was they turn up to the hospital and some guy basically leads them around the hospital and gives so much exposition it's kind of crazy he's so boston though i love it though he's like you boys afraid of the dark like yeah. <laughs> just it did make me chuckle quite a bit but, um, but yeah. yeah all he does is like thanks for being the, here it was helpful the, well yeah exactly oh, if you hadn't told us all that information mm. we really would have been in the dark here but there's a lot of sort of like oh this is the room where they they said this happened you know what i mean like there's a lot of that it's almost like i the one thing about the shining 
is they have that scene at the beginning where there's quite a lot of that as well mm. where it's kind of like they're getting a tour around the hotel and like this is the room where this person died and you know let's go see Scatman Carruthers and he'll tell us some kind of like <laughs> some some little details that are gonna maybe come into play later on you know I mean there's a lot of that going on yeah but this film is not The Shining um, <laughs> this film is not The Shining the char- the actors in it are not of that same kind of caliber um, yeah and just immediately I started to almost like make a little checklist of like let's see if these things come back into play later on mm. and then bizarrely enough some of them never did so I was like <laughs> I, I was making a better movie in my mind I think than the one they managed to All that's, right. that's not you know I'm not trying to big myself up or anything like that but I just feel like there were a lot of wasted elements in this oh, movie go on okay. you say you say something positive I feel like I've done nothing but shit all over this movie so far so okay. come on well um I mean I was looking at it like I've I've been in buildings like this I've been I had uh you know They'll a little explain bit a lot. Of, uh, Woo! you're a jerk <laughs> uh no I've been I, I had a little um a little time in my in my youth when I would uh go and do a bit of a urban exploration so that's basically like you go and wander around old abandoned buildings take photos check out what's there you know um i don't agree with the like graffitiing or like vandalism or destruction or anything like that but going in and having a look at like what's left behind it is creepy as hell and there were so many bits in this and we've watched like youtube videos of um like people doing urbexing and stuff and it's it is fascinating like what time and nature can do to buildings and Mm. things so i was having like proper you know like nostalgia looking at these old uh looking at these old buildings so like you said the sets are amazing um these sorts of things always fascinate me like the you know like the history of like uh psychological um uh, experimentation and stuff because they mentioned about experimental treatment so they were like well this is the place where you know uh, lobotomies were done and hydrotherapy and all those sorts of like awful things that they used to do to people just to see what would happen um, and uh, yeah like you said there was a lot of exposition it was like oh you know uh, some of the stuff's in Ward A which is the furthest one away and that's where the most dangerous people were and all that kind of stuff and that kind of like plays back a little bit later on um, but, but does it? How did it play back in later on? Because you see Gordo, who is um, Peter Mullen's is character. Peter Mullen's character. Um, he wanders. He walks up the stairs, like in one of the final scenes, and you see a big red A with an arrow pointing up the stairs. So you know that, and he and you see B earlier on. So you know he's gone from B to A, okay. and he's gone all the way up there. But I only sort of thought about that as I was like rewriting my notes. I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing a big A on the wall. Yeah. So, but they don't make a big. A big thing out of it it's just you know that that ends up being the direction that he's going um i don't know I, I mean i like they're in there to sort of chuck out the the asbestos and they go around and they're like checking uh all the areas and saying you know like this is a two-week job and he says oh it's like a one week I'll, I'll do it in one week if you give me the job so he's like bidding against these other companies and he's like i'll do it for you in a week if you give me this um and uh so it's asbestos anyway and it's kind of you see it floating about and they're wearing the masks and all that kind of stuff and it is just like death and creepiness is kind of in the air they could have done a lot more with it yeah that's that was one of the points i've got written down i was like they could have made so much more of this whole like uh, <coughs> of the asbestos angle you know what i mean the whole thing is like this creeping dread and this sort of like this toxic environment that sort of like is mm. really oppressive and ends up kind of like turning them crazy again well and certainly ends up turning one of them crazy mm. um and i just thought oh the asbestos would have been like a really cool kind of like visual metaphor for for what's going on to these people and you know how it's seeping into them and they don't really really know it yeah um but they didn't they didn't make anything of it <laughs> i was like come on guys this is like 101 surely yeah. but i mean as he's uh wandering around like well, just this one last bit before we um like uh i just wanted to go on to the next bit but um there's one bit where uh, uh, Gordo I'm going to keep calling him Gordo because I think he gets called Gordon and Gordo throughout the film but that's like Peter Mullen he he hears a little bit of a voice like speaking to him like a real creepy sounding voice uh, that sounds slightly warped and a bit you know like a bit strange sounding and he kind of just shrugs it off as if you know like he's, he's hearing things in this creepy building his mind's playing tricks on him um but that comes back to it a little bit later on 
Um, and then you start learning about like this one main uh, patient that they had there and they go in her room and uh, you see a bunch of like peeling like newspaper clippings and photos and just pictures that have been gathered together and pasted onto the wall and they're all peeling and falling off and apparently that was like one of the rooms that was there oh, and cool. they just added some see, like I said, even the, even the things that are scary and creepy about it are like they're just inherently there because of the hospital yeah. I don't really feel like they they have added anything to it yeah like okay. I said, this movie is just set dressing and location scouting okay. and a really excellent central performance. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, how about we go through the like the main crew? Because there's not there's like one, two, three, four, five. There's like five people that this yeah. film sent that like centers around. So let's start, let's start with uh, the poor man's Bill Paxton. Is it Bill? Pa- Which is the one? The one that's in Alien. Bill and- Paxton. The one who's like, game over, man. Yeah, game. yeah, okay. I always can never remember I which one's Bill Pax- Pullman. And... Paxton and Pullman mixed but up. Pax- but yeah, Paxton. Paxton. There's, okay, so there's some young kid uh, who's got like a mullet. His name is Jeff. And he, I was just like, this kid is just pure Pax- Paxton. And yeah. that's it. He is played by Brendan Sexton the third. Okay. And the part was written for him. Okay. Like, as in, where he had, like, the the um, writer and director, like, had him in mind. But for anyone who um, has watched films other than horror, uh, might recognise him as Warren the Shoplifter from Empire Records, which is one of my, like, favourite, like, 90s, fave 90s movies. So... Yeah, so as soon as he spot, as soon as he came on screen, I was just like, ha! and he is basically the same character. He's just like, dude, like, yeah, yeah, just like a goofy kid. So he's, he's not good. Yeah, so that's Jeff. He's Gordo's nephew, and he's sort of new to the job. He's like really green, doesn't really know what he's up, what he's doing. He's a bit slow with like get catching up with like how to actually do the job and stuff, and just is just kind of there. And he mentions really early on that he's afraid of the dark. I wonder if that'll come back to play mm. at all. Okay. Uh, and then we've kind of gone through Gordo. <laughs> and even then, not really. <laughs> a little bit. A little Just bit. Just a little bit. Um, it does provide one of the best visuals in the whole movie. It does. So good. That we'll, was one we'll of the get, parts where we'll... I was like, well, I don't, yeah, let's just talk about it. Because okay. we started talking about it. Okay. There's, a really, there's a cool scene later on where basically all the members of the team are kind of like split up in the hospital. Um, and this is like during the finale, basically. Mm. And there's a really cool, striking visual where... Jeff's character is basically left in the tunnels underneath the uh, underneath the the asylum, and the generator starts to kind of die. Like the the the, the gas runs out in the generator, so all of the lights are pinging off one by one by one. And so he's like shrieking, running down this hallway, and it's like uh, the dark being, is chasing him. Yeah, it's which so I was good. like a very cool, very very cool yeah, visual, really cool. Um, and then he just finds this one little spot of light, and that's how he manages to get out. But, but even then, you see all the dust motes and stuff, and you're. Uh, and I was looking at it, going like, he is just like yeah, panic like, breathing asbestos into his lungs. Yeah, and it's of course, being horrible. Um, so we've we've spoken a little bit about Gordo, but basically, we we know that he's like a new dad. Uh, he seems to have had some kind of argument with his wife. He's a little bit upset about it all. It sort of unfolds a little bit more as the film goes on and we learn a little bit more about what's going on there. Um, but he's kind of like just mysterious throughout the entire thing until we get to the until we get to the end. So Yeah. Is his wife now, did you look this up? Because during the movie I, I was look. like, I swear his wife is played by one of the actresses uh, from the Fast show. She looks mm. so much like her. Um Yeah, she's not really credited, I don't No? think well anyway yeah um there's lots of kind of uh they repeat a lot of flashbacks where basically peter mullen is sitting outside uh his house and his wife and the kids and the dog are sort of like all playing in the front yard and then she sees him and then kind of uh decides goes into the house goes into the house and looks kind of like afraid of him almost Hmm. um david caruso he's another one yeah david caruso so he plays phil um Phil, uh, one bit I didn't actually get until I started like looking looking it up, uh, and then I guess like there's one li- little bit later that makes a bit of sense. Um, is that he's just like smoking weed throughout the entire film? Throughout the entire film, yeah. So like when you see him like smoking uh, roll up, yeah. he's actually smoking weed, and 
Yeah. I don't even really recalling uh, only that one time when they make a really pointed like here's a shot of him rolling up a joint and smoking it. Yeah. I, and then immediately after there's a scene of him smoking on the roof of the hospital as well. Yeah. I don't ever recall him seeing smoke yeah. seeing him smoke at all yeah. throughout the entire movie. But I mean that was like it was that that was meant to be like a point. I don't really know why because we don't really learn a lot more <laughs> well, about yeah, him. Yeah, what point what point that. are they making exactly? Yeah. But he does not like Hank, who is the other character that we've got there, because Hank stole Phil's girlfriend. And it's not cool. Um, but Hank, talking of, like, uh, you know, poor man's version of, or, uh, you know, couldn't afford, who who do you think I'm thinking of when I think of Hank? It's more looks and slightly characteristics. He's, he's almost like a Sawyer from a Lost. Oh, he's, really? Yeah, but, you know what I mean? This is way before the heartthrob that is Josh Holloway hit the scene. <laughs> Um, I don't know who are you thinking of. I, I had him as like slacker type Matthew McConaughey. Oh no could way! Could you he's not see no, it? He's nothing like a McConaughey. I could, see, I could see he's like a McConaughey, but yeah. Anyone who's seen it out there, let us know whether you agree with me or, or with Ollie on any of these points. In fact, so hashtag McConaughey. <laughs> oh, get out! Or McConaughey. McConaughey or McConaughey. <laughs> anyway. it'll, be, it'll be trending. You'll see. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, and then we have Mike, who is like, uh, he's sort of partly trained to be a lawyer, but somehow is now working on an asbestos like wrecking crew, um, which is a bit strange. Um, uh, but his story is quite cool because he like becomes obsessed. Like his dad was a lawyer, wanted him to become a lawyer, uh, knew about like the some of the cases and stuff that were involved like with the um, with the hospital. So we get a little bit more backstory that again is not really related to. They start talking about the satanic panic and stuff in the 80s. And I was like, oh, yeah. maybe this is interesting. And then it was just, it didn't go anywhere with nope. that either. It was just more, like you said, more scene setting. But he becomes obsessed with these tapes that he finds of a patient named Mary Hobbs, who's like dissociative identity. So like split personality disorder patient. And guess how many sessions there are? There... Are there nine? There are nine. Wow. Okay, we've got it. <laughs> hey, that's the name of the movie. Yeah. Um, there were loads of... Now, let's just go into some little extra scenes. The best scene, except for the final scene, is basically uh, the Hank, who's the jerk character. Mm. He um, discovers like a little stash of like antique silver dollars and gold teeth and like antique spectacles and loads of other bits and pieces in like behind a brick wall that it turns out on the other side of the brick wall is the kind of furnace for the morgue yeah um and there's he finds loads of cool little like trinkets in there some of them we you know what i mean i'm i don't know if i was trying to give the movie too much credit at the time but there were loads of little bits and pieces in there where i was like Oh, they're starting to leave like clues in. There are clues mm. as to what. Maybe they are. Maybe they're just so. The clues are so subtle that I've not managed to figure them out. But you know, I mean, at one point he finds some glass eyes, and I was like, "Oh, there's a there's a bit on one of the tapes earlier on that is what's the character's name? Mike, uh, the lawyer which, guy. Yeah, Mike the lawyer. Yeah. yeah okay. So he's so he's listening to some, one of the tapes, and in one of the like personalities, there's one of the personalities is a kid called Billy. And Billy says, oh, you know me, Doc, I'm in the eyes. I see everything. Mm. And then, you know, this other character finds some eyes. And I was like, oh, I'm, oh, wow, that's cool. I wonder if it's something to do with that character. And we'll find something out later on. Nope, just some eyes. <laughs> just some eyes just that the guy blood. finds. And then they're never spoken about again. And I was like, wow, man, this is... yeah." I mean, I, I was just like, what is the significance of the coins? I mean, we, like... Yeah, there's kind no... Of... And, and they're really... They seem to be really focused on... Yeah. Everyone has coins. There's coins all over the place. There's, like, there's more coins than fucking Mario. I was like, <laughs> what am I... Do? Let's, let's give an answer. What is the deal with these coins? And they never, ever explain them. Yeah. Ever. The only thing that I could think of, I was just like, okay, so maybe like someone hid a weird fortune down there, but the fact that like they had them on the opposite side of the furnace made me think that like they were the only bits left and it was like a weird... Uh, commentary on like the bits that are left after you you know like uh, after a, the a body is yeah. yeah yeah so uh, 
you know, I don't like buy said, that because the like, no, because it, it like, he just... finds a, like a, a lobotomy ice pick in there as well. Yeah, lobotomy alls are in there, but um, yeah, so he finds all these things. But the only the only bit that I thought was like relevant to his character because I didn't know whether like where they'd mentioned earlier that like Jeff was afraid of the dark, and then they've mentioned that like Hank was like a scratch ticket, like a lottery lottery scratch off. Yeah, he's um, like a gambling like, addict, addict, basically. And he and. Um, and like even later then, on, not really. He, it's just, that, like, he just asks someone to buy him some lottery tickets, yeah. And then he talks about uh, like a, a crap story about a guy who was a whale at a casino. Yeah, it doesn't really imply to me. Mm. You know what I mean? If it had been like an Uncle Buck situation, where it's like he had to get this money because he had to go for a, for a sure thing down at the track or yeah. something like that. No. But no, he's just like, oh, can you buy me some some scratch offs when you go down the shop? Yeah. And he had like a favourite scratch off that he that he was like, no, I wanted that one. But they kind of made a point of it being, like I said earlier, they had like Jeff who was afraid of the dark. Um, and then they had Hank who, you know, like they sort of vaguely um, referred to him like, you know, wanting to like win his fortune just by winning winning the lottery or winning uh winning at gambling mm. um and they kind of made it look like when he pulled the brick out it looked like he'd had a massive yeah. payout on a slot machine and so i didn't know whether like they were going for you know like this place can give you everything that you ever wanted um or it could be your worst nightmare and it will bring your fears to life with the whole like fear of the dark thing mm. but it just didn't really seem to do that either um yeah, so so Hank finds a bunch of coins. Uh, he goes back a bit later, and they like. I mean, I really like the way that they filmed this bit, and I think I looked up like they, rather than using, you'll know, hopefully know this more than I will, uh, film school guy, but they used. Um, it was like one of the first films that used like like twenty four frames a second yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than thirty frames a second, um, and it gave a real. Um, ghost hunters most haunted um like what was that like flick round like object uh, like subjective camera view yeah, and stuff yeah. like there was someone else down there with him and they were just as scared it as was he certainly was a you little, know a little more verite than <laughs> uh than than most other horror movies yeah so those bits were like really good and they, and it does feel intense when you're down in those sorts of things like i went to um there's like an old uh bunker like near us that was meant to be used like only meant to be used in an emergency i think they use it as like storage for storage facility now but it's like underground and it was this huge long tunnel with like doors off either side and you are literally like looking in each of them like terrified of what's around the corner <sighs> and so when i was watching it i was just like yep i know exactly how he feels right now it's pretty terrifying so but, but let's just okay so the, that scene starts off really promising basically mm -hmm. Hank goes back to the asylum at night to sort of like pick up his winnings without all the other guys around so he's kind of undistracted um, as he's going down we finally see what I would consider to be the first horror movie bit which is when uh, he flashes his he turns his flashlight round and he sees like a, a human shape at the end of the hallway and then he absolutely freaks out and starts running away as he would um, and then he just gets caught up to in a really kind of lame way and then it, there's no like death there's no no it just goes yeah it just kind of it. like fades out and I was like oh okay oh, but it just blanks out yeah, real quick yeah, okay, and then it just yeah, goes blanks doesn't fade it literally just goes cut to black yeah which is something that they employ a lot in this movie they do and I do not like I saw a lot of I read a couple of reviews and they're like oh I like how it doesn't rely on like gore and things like that I was like yeah but there's relying on gore and then there's just like having a really anticlimactic death yeah all the people you see die when you see them die you're just like oh wait what was that it there's no like they get dragged you don't out see screaming them get killed. Or, yeah. you see them dead but yeah. you don't see them get killed so. yeah so there's no like screaming there's no nothing it's just yeah. kind of yeah. i mean not every film needs to rely on that but it does help a little bit but yeah but yeah. it needs to rely on something yeah. it's got to have that or the other it can't have I mean, none but then uh yeah so hank has vanished and then they turn up the next day and they're like well where's hank you know he hasn't turned up and you've got phil going like well he's totally unreliable i've been telling you that since the beginning blah 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 and he's like getting really into it obviously because he does not like hank for stealing his girlfriend um and uh he calls his ex who is hank's current girlfriend and has this you know you hear like one side like you hear his side of the conversation and he's just like what when did this happen 
okay, thanks, goodbye, and it's all a bit... Mm. And, and he basically says that, like, Hank came home, said he'd found his fortune, um, and that he was packing up and leaving and going to casino school in Miami, which I had no idea was a thing. Do you need to go to a school? Do you need to have, like, a qualification <laughs> to go to a casino? It, weird. I don't know. It was very weird. But, um, I mean, it kind of set up the whole, like, Phil... Uh, character being, being yeah, so the untrustworthy, guy. and then also there's another scene where you see Phil like dealing with some kids, but all he's doing is buying weed. Mm. But basically, they set up this weird thing about Phil being untrustworthy that once again also never pays off mm. because he doesn't it, like well, just nothing comes of it. Yeah, all it's used for is like a cheap trick. Yeah. Where they you they're trying to make you think, oh maybe he's not the killer. Yeah, you know mm. I mean, and then it turns out, you know, weird it, double bluff, but it's not set up enough for you to be like, wait for it to be a twist. Yeah. The only other thing with the coins is that like he has a coin and he's like, I'll flip you for it with the coin, um, and then Gordo's like, well, where'd you get that coin? And he's like, just found it, and so your brain is thinking he's got that coin. Uh, you know who else had coins Hank had coins where's Hank you know like is Phil involved Phil had a grudge against Hank you're you know like it's really pushing that as like you're thinking about it but they then have like a nice big discussion about uh, how lobotomies work yeah Um, I think that was earlier on though wasn't it yeah that was when when, uh, Hank was still kicking around yeah so they they were having they had a nice chat about how lobotomies work which um there's enough in there for you to be able to Google it and find it out for yourself. So for any sort of slightly squeamish people, we can either we can go into it or we can't. There's eye violence, baby. Yeah. yeah. So it's, ding ding it's, ding 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 ding. It's pretty grim, but if like if you're playing the behind the sofa podcast drinking game, then you got a down one for for eye for violence. Eye violence, yeah. So yeah, so essentially they 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 sort of lay out like how lobotomies work, um, and they said you know like the only sort of um visual result that you get from it if you were to look at someone who'd had a lobotomy apparently is uh they have a bit of a black eye and they recommend you wearing sunglasses until the uh the the black eye fades and obviously we're like okay like it seems like a throwaway comment and then uh you start you you mention it a little bit later because you see um uh, after Gordo calling his wife again to ask for forgiveness and you see the creepy graveyard that they mentioned earlier which is really sad and I think like um, I think like, that was one of the only other bits that they added in as well they're like polystyrene markers that they have oh, on okay. there I don't know if that's how it would have been back then but essentially you had the patient number on the on the tiny little marker headstone thing rather than an actual headstone with their name and who they were yeah. they were just relevant as numbers which is really sad because you know that that's the sort of thing that, that would have possibly happened back in the day because they just weren't seen as people um, and then uh, yeah Gordo admits to Phil that he actually hit his wife rather than like you know everything being fine he was like it's the stupidest thing I've ever done I hit her you know she accidentally um uh like spilled uh like boiling boiling water on me because i went to kiss her she moved out the way the water splashed on me or whatever and i slapped her and i feel awful about it and now she won't talk to me anymore and i'm living in a motel da, 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 da. you never actually see him go into a motel uh you see him sleeping in his car and stuff like that so you know that like that bit's probably a fib as well um and uh yeah so it's just you know like you're you're still not really sure what's going on but it just keeps being added to i guess but it's yeah so he's got this sick disgusting looking burn on his leg and you're like why isn't he getting treated and you just assume that because you already know that he really needs this job because he really needs the money Mm. that you assume he hasn't got any health insurance and that he can't afford to get it tended to so he's just pouring like pure iodine onto his leg and like squealing and stuff because it's horrible but um i always think that when you see an actor drool yeah (laughs) that means they're good or like a big line of spit between the like lips when they open their mouth that means they're doing some top drawer acting (laughs) 
If you're if you're drool acting, you're you're well the top done. you're the top of the pile. You are great. Um but anyway, we're getting on to the finale now. Yeah. Okay, so basically It um, does build up well, I think. Like when it finally gets there, you've got all the little stories, the little threat like I said when we well, were one jotting thing down I, the One notes. thing I w- I did like was that everyone was uncovering something different yeah. about the asylum <laughs> on their own little side quests. Mm-hmm. Which is something I liked. Yeah. But that is then undercut by the fact that the asylum basically has nothing to do with what's going on. Mm. All it is is kind of like a bit of a scene setter mm. for, for for what's happening. And what's happening is that Peter Mullen has gone insane. <laughs> uh, and he has killed his wife and the baby and their dog by the sound. How of dare it. you? How dare you? Oh, it's, we'll the, to, it's the second Good Boy Award that we had. Yeah, the, so. good, the dog doesn't even get a name though, so... Mm tomb of the unknown pooch um but anyway he's killed his wife uh, and then he's gone on a killing spree and basically every time that you see someone get picked off around the hospital it is him which makes no sense when you really think about it because they're all in massively different locations in the hospital i know you know i mean editing obviously plays a part in it but um you see Phil have- Phil confronts him in the ro- in a room the room that was uh, Mary, Mary Hobbs room, yeah. uh, and there's all these kind of like e- eerie creepy pictures on the wall including ones of uh, Gordo's like wife and kid and there's blood all over the wall and stuff like that and then it's basically despite the fact that they've been giving you the old fake out where you've seen Phil carrying a knife around and carrying a uh, like a coin and all kinds of stuff to make you think it's Phil uh, in locations where Gordo isn't then you get to see um, the fact that it's Gordo and Gordo's been killing everyone Um, but even before that we've got the whole so what is it we've got like when when they all split up so they hear someone like wandering around upstairs and they um all sort of go off and they're like right I'm doing this so basically like um, Phil takes the tunnels underneath and he finds Hank so Hank is back after Jeff spotting him and being like Hank's here and and you've got Phil going he's definitely definitely not here which makes you again think like you know he's done off with he's done away with him and like he's like no there's no way that he could be here because I killed him whoops but it's not actually the case but he finds Hank and it's creepy as hell because he's just literally sitting there like not wearing anything or he's wearing like pants I think like he's wearing underwear and he's literally like rocking back and forth and uh, he just keeps going what are you doing here what are you doing here and just keeps repeating that and it is that sort of thing is creepy but it did also make me think of the SNL skit like the um, like the Californians where they're just like what are you doing here (laughs) seriously watch it if you haven't <laughs> but um yeah so phil takes the tunnels and he finds hank and he's like oh my god something's terrible something's terribly wrong here mike splits off because he's like i have to listen to these tapes and he's got up to session nine where they're trying to get so mary's got her split personality you've got billy who you spoke about earlier she's also got the princess which is kind of like the innocent one who you know like is the <laughs> that part made me laugh basically mike has written down a list for the audience that basically yeah. uh, princess, tell, princess innocent. equals innocence and yeah. i was like yeah billy, we get it we get billy it equals protection and then simon who they're trying to get simon to come out and they're like he's like simon's sleeping and he's like well we got to wake him up and that kind of plays a part in a little bit later on so and then you've got Jeff down his long tunnel led by the string lights that then end up like swallowing him up in the darkness and he's shrieking really really cool shot um so the generator goes out and that's when Jeff's thing happens the tape stops and so Mike goes outside so he's like I've got to listen to this tape so he goes outside fills the generator up with um with fuel again comes back in tape starts playing again and we see later on that the tape carried on playing and it kind of plays over the top of everything else that's happening here so you get to see gordo um killing jeff gordo killing uh like has a has a um like a showdown with phil and then it turns out he's already killed phil and he's seeing phil as a figment of his imagination in his own mind um and uh yeah so you hear that the voice that gordo had heard earlier on and just sort of shook off and like the one that was trying to talk to him is actually the voice of simon that you hear on the tape who's obviously like the evil entity in uh in mary hobbs or like the evil personality um 
So he then goes into Mary's room, and like we said, it's covered in his family photos. Um, he has a, a standoff with Phil, um, and but Phil had already Phil then called him in on the radio and said, "We found the one responsible." And we're like, "What? Is, what the hell does that mean?" And again, doesn't really like. No. Yeah, yeah, and then we've talked about earlier that they were like, oh well, you know, we've got Hank, um, you know, Hank's now disappeared, so we'll get Craig. And we're like, well, who the hell's Craig? And then Craig shows up, and he's there for about five minutes, and then he dies. The, the end of this film is terrible. The end of this film is terrible. It makes no sense. Um, there's some cool visuals in there, yeah. but basically all it is is Simon, um, the evil entity. Uh, is basically just a stand-in uh, for the evil that men do. Yeah. Um, because he never really, they never really give you any inkling that Simon is like a physical entity or it's a demon that's possessing anyone. Mm. It's basically Simon is the representation of the crazy part of your mind that makes you that when you snap and then you, you murder stuff. your family. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like The Shining like the movie version of Shining anywhere where it's like there's something inherently evil about the hotel mm. so there's not so here's what annoys me the very most the this movie could have been set in a fucking Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> and it would have had this would it not? <laughs> well, yeah of course it would mm. it would have had exactly the same outcome because at the end of the day it's about Peter Mullen's character who snaps because he is you know a terrible man who basically has a violent temper he snaps kills his family and that drives him insane well obviously you know i mean the 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 snap drives him insane he kills his family kills his friends and it has nothing to do with the hospital whatsoever mary hobbs is literally just like a framing device where it's kind of like oh look someone's going through exactly the same thing and we can give it a name and the name is simon it has nothing to do with what's happened to anyone. I just think that they could have they could have done it they could have done it better. I'm sure you will agree with that. that they could have done yeah, it better. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but they could have done it better in that um like the like people have put together that um so let's see, let's make sure that we've got <laughs> that I've done everything from in here. So um when he has the final showdown with Phil, um Phil's starting to talk like he's the one that's responsible and he's, you know, sounding a bit unhinged. Then he starts sounding like he's the doctor on the tape and it's sort of merged into, like, the fact that the tape recording is playing somewhere nearby and that they can hear it. Um, And he starts telling Gordo to wake up. Gordo's like, I am am awake. And Hank's body is on the floor, by the way, at this point, um, wrapped in plastic. So I was like... (laughs) Um, and so don't you don't you dare invoke Twin Peaks at this moment? <laughs> don't you dare! So he kind of kneels down um, and takes the sunglasses off that Hank is wearing. So nice throwback to where they were saying about the lobotomy uh, to reveal that he has the lobotomy all like jammed in his eye, like all the way in. And these things are like a good, you know, like six inches long. It is like in his eye, and he's just like still saying like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" Um, and then uh, Phil says, don't tell anyone because then they'll learn about the others. And then he just vanishes. So we're like, right, okay. So he is not the one that we thought, you know, like we didn't, that you were leading up to. And then, so it's like, okay, so Gordo is insane. Craig, random guy, oh, arrives. Bullshit. Hey, total, Craig. Total horseshit. Craig arrives. Gordo gets him in a headlock knocks him to the floor pulls the all out of Hank's eye which is like a pretty badass like out of the eye stabs him in the eye with it kills him and then the tape is playing over the top and you see the deaths and he's basically like killed each of the guys and you see how he's killed them and then he's dragged the bodies off and placed them each in the individual sort of seclusion rooms um, along the way so the camera's panning across and you see all of them dead and then how they died um and uh yeah then it turns out you you hear the sounds over the top of like gordo basically killing his wife then the dog then his baby daughter which is disturbing to say the least so uh and then the final bit of the tape is you hear you know they were like okay so the princess lives in the tongue because she's always talking 
um, out of the car- out of the, the different personalities. And Billy lives in the eyes because he sees everything. And then Simon says, I live in the weak and the wounded. And then the film ends. And that's it. <laughs> um, it didn't deliver. It didn't deliver. It didn't deliver on any of the clues that it set up earlier in the movie. Because mm. that, then that annoys me. Because I've invested my time into thinking about things that they have no intention of paying off mm. um which as a for you know what i mean which is a lost fan just gives me <laughs> cold sweats in the night where i'm like you never really thought of it did you no. um so yeah i it just makes you feel stupid because you have been coming up with ideas and it had no intention of uh kind of paying off on any of them mm. and if anything is deliberately tricking you yeah. into thinking that certain things are the way they are when in reality they could not give a shit about them um i mean one of the things i thought they were trying to do or that would have been better if they'd like maybe focused on it a little bit more was that like by listening to the to the session tapes as you listen to them because when he opens the evidence box where mike suddenly gets drawn to opening this box because he's interested in the history of the building he's drawn to this one evidence box for whatever reason like sees it up on a shelf pulls it down just happens to be the one with the tapes in it uh don't don't know why don't know whether they were sort of you know like oh he's like weirdly spiritually mentally drawn to this one so he pulls the box down as he's opening it you see hank um he gets a bit of like dust or something in his eye and he's like ah shit like you know and it's the eye that he gets stabbed in later on and then you've got um uh uh oh my god gordo um gets injured some way like cuts his hand and i'm like well that ends up not being relevant later on so i don't know whether i was just reading too much in it but i thought that what they were trying to do was like as they listen to each tape and they go further and further into the sessions that it is like channeling simon and that he goes for the weakest one Mm. who is weak and wounded at the time and he's just like right so you're the one you know you're the one that i'm gonna Mm. possess and and channel all this shit into because like they could have they could have gone down that route but yeah. maybe they were trying to but they just didn't make it as obvious as they could have done well i read that somewhere that there was a deleted scene where it did make it seem more like the there was like a malevolent force at the hospital mm. which i would have been better like i tell you what i wanted this it movie like i tell you what i've done a lot though but i tell you think? what i wanted this movie to be i wanted it to be the haunting of hill house oh so but it, good but it was not but it, it was not this mm. um I'm kind of baffled this got like such a good like huge cult following this movie mm. um I don't see it at all um it's it, 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 here's the thing they absolutely hit the jackpot by getting Peter Muller and David Caruso as mm-hmm. well He's good. um they're both good um and the fact that someone in their wisdom managed to you know get this abandoned mental hospital as their their prime location you know what I mean kudos he did a fucking awesome job the rest of it just just does not add up just doesn't add up I just think it's cheaply done it has that annoying (laughs) it has that annoying thing like from the village you know I know you I know you I know you love the village the village to me has the worst twist of any movie ever um, and it reveals it in the most irksome way which is what they do is they like cross cut between all the different action happening everywhere <laughs> and then it's just someone sitting in a room like reading a newspaper or listening to a tape that kind of like oh my god that must mean that and then someone you know gets an axe to the head or something like that i don't know why i feel like it's just after usual suspects you can't use that anymore yeah because they do it so well in the usual suspects so you will about brian singer and kevin spacey mm. but that movie has an amazing twist where they do that kind of cross-cutting and all of a sudden the slow dawn of realisation of like oh my god it was him all along you know what I mean there's something really well played in that but I feel like just it's been done it's been done too often mm. um, I know this movie came out in 2001 so we can't really blame it for that but yeah. I just think it was cheap twists the characters were massively massively underwritten um, Peter Mullen was did excellent job with what he had at his disposal but like I said, the fact that we're supposed to buy that Hank is like a gambling addict or that David Caruso is like a pothead, it just doesn't... There's no real indicators. 
<laughs> there's no indication that that ha- ha- plays any role in the story. Um, you know what I mean? At the end, when they're like, "Oh, he's been a pothead the whole time," I'm like, so what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just none of it. None of it meant anything to me. None of it meant, didn't mean. No- it was. The, it's the worst one we've watched so far. Oh. I got more angry about it as I was watching it as well. <laughs> I was like, oh, you jerks. Do you remember that we, that we basically, we jot our notes down, we watch and we stay silent throughout the entire thing. So I have no idea what Ollie thinks and he has no idea what I think. <laughs> you just looked over and I was like grinding my jaw and like <laughs> squinting like, at it. You're like, oh, but he, it looks like he's really enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. Um, no, I mean, the, the bits that I enjoyed about it, I mean, you know, if it's like, a psychological horror that somehow mentions like uh you know satanic rituals earlier on which doesn't go anywhere see which i would have fucking sad. loved it if it had had something to do I with satanic know, rituals right? um they kept and... on looking at that weird little grotto part as well yeah and i was like with all those crucifixes on it i was like oh something happened there yeah because originally i was like oh i think peter mullen was a former patient of yeah. this mental hospital yeah uh, and he was because they kept on showing loads of like weird photos of kids and yeah. I was like oh I wonder if he w-, but no, no nothing none of that and that, that that location that he kept looking out at yeah the weird nothing, gazebo thing I yeah, was like what is that had nothing to do with anything yeah. I mean the only bit that like I quite liked that I thought that that was what they were trying to do is they did that with like the weird sort of wooden gazebos everywhere and, and like you know he'd just be staring at it and I was like waiting I was like what, scanning the entire scene to see if I could see anything moving see if I could see you know what he was looking at or anything else um, they also had bits where they would sort of zoom in weirdly onto like one of the uh, windows or part of the roof of the building and I again you end up looking and, and you know like am I meant to be seeing something is there meant to be something creepy here nothing happens but I didn't know whether that was like meant to be setting up like feelings of dread that you know like something could be there or were we missing it you know like I donn't, I don't the really, thing is really get you, it. the movie does a great job um, at building tension yes. but nothing happens yeah. and you can only build so- tension for so long before it just it's like an annoying. elastic band <laughs> it's like an elastic band the further and further and further you pull it the more chance that it's just going to snap yeah. and then I'm like you know what I mean well, the first time we get any even remote scare is Hank when he's like down in the in kind of like the underground part and then that led to nothing and then there wasn't anything until the finale I was like no I'm not I'm you're, all you're doing this is a real blue baller did it feel a little bit like you know did you ever do that exercise at school where you would um, like fold up a piece of paper into fours and someone would write the beginning of the story and then the next person would write the next bit of the story and the next person would write the last bit of the story then you unfold it mm. and you see how the stories panned <laughs> out with like three different people who had no yeah, idea what they were of... writing it's kind of like that and then you also have like I said you know they, they tried to sort of um they, they tried to double bluff us a bunch of times with who was responsible what was responsible was it a demon was it someone just literally losing their rag and like you know just going um you know just like going into full like mental breakdown um but yeah it, it felt like they kind of turned up and and uh they wanted to put all of these bits in to confuse you and you know so you really had no idea what was going to happen at the end but it just ended up with like all these slightly more interesting sounding stories being left as like loose ends that didn't go anywhere because they were you know just like um what do you call them red herrings like yeah they're just trying to double bluff yeah the whole time. but the other stories sounded better like where they were talking about you know like how people were treated in the uh in the in in the hospitals and um like I said earlier you know they mentioned like very briefly about like satanic rituals and the satanic panic of the 80s which is like a really fascinating part of like weird American history um and then they just didn't do anything with it so I think there's just so much hope and you know potential for it to be really good and it was wonderfully acted and like you said you know the 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 scenes were amazing um I think the acting was really good um the 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 creeping sense of dread was really good um but then it's yeah it just um didn't really live up to it so I, um i've you know what i mean you're being very kind about it i <laughs> i think the acting was good for the most part i thought there was a couple of duffers in there mm. um like i said after that first like scare in the in the tunnels 
then I lost complete faith in it. And I was like, if this is what we've been building up to for 45 minutes or an hour or however long it was... <laughs> it's a very slow burn. Then I'm like, no, it's a very, I'm, very I'm, I'm slow che- burn. completely checked out. Um, and, you know what I mean? Even just thinking about like what you were saying, they, they laid in all this interest at the beginning about like different parts of the hospital and what they did there. And, you know what I mean? He finds a little cachet of like... of of treasures and things like that and I was like oh cool but none of them amount to anything that has anything to do with the story and therefore I just can't see why they would bother to put them in other mm. than to fuck with us so yep. in that case <laughs> to you thank you very much see I know that we've had a whole bunch of people when we posted it up on Instagram that we were going to be reviewing this we had a whole bunch of people who were like I really enjoyed this film yeah, I I'm really sorry, liked guys. it and everything like that <laughs> no 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 don't apologise I mean that's the point of us reviewing it we give our reviews and people will absolutely love some of the films that we that we don't like and vice versa you know so it's it's not anything personal at all but we really really do uh invite you to come and like come and speak to us about it like tell us what you loved about this film and, yeah i was gonna say like I would, love in. To, I would love to hear some like good theories about why some of those bits and pieces were relevant and maybe i've just not like i said this is the first time i've seen it i know some films really benefit from a repeat watch but I just found it too boring I can never see myself watching this movie again Um, but if someone has some really cool kind of uh, theories or bits and pieces that we've missed please get in contact with us at Behind the Sofa Podcast or facebook.com forward slash Behind the Sofa Podcast that would be really yeah we just Uh, want to get in and discuss you know we discuss films with each other all the time uh we we get guest people on um as often as we can or we will be um but you know we we love discussing film and that's why we you know part of the reason why we got involved in doing this podcast so we really would love to just have a chat with you guys and just see what you think we've even I've, i've got some reviews here that people have uh have posted up so maybe i'll just read a couple of them just to kind of see what uh yeah go for it so i've got one here from laughing crow candle co who made that awesome um wax reanimator melt. wax melt yep. so if you've not if you're not following laughing crow candle company or laughing crow candle co on instagram get on and uh and and follow them because they do some amazing stuff but they said saw it uh saw it as a homework assignment given to me by the management of a haunted attraction i was a scare actor in <laughs> the guy said it was where he drew his inspiration from watched the movie and enjoyed it but was thoroughly creepy out upon returning to work and seeing so many similarities in my environment for the month um you know what i mean that's cool i know I, I can totally buy that someone who was putting on a haunted house would be like watch mm-hmm. this movie because it's creepy as fuck and it's set in a mental institution yep. i would uh yeah but lots of um what else have we got uh visceral stardust it's been a long time since i've seen it but i enjoyed it um Zach Schaefer or Zach Schaffer Schaefer I reckon one of my all time faves so we want to hear from you Zach yeah. let us know hope why you, you love you it hope you like it just the fact they used a real insane asylum to shoot the film in was worth it to me like I said that was one of the I'm, only bits you loved yeah, about t- it right? <laughs> exactly like I said I think whoever found that location did a bang up job um, but yeah come on and uh, speak to us and tell us that we're wrong mostly me because I'm the one who really hated it anything anything else um i think it's worth a watch like i said you know there's a lot of people who got really excited about like the fact that we were doing this and you know if you haven't watched it for a while watch it again um we couldn't find anywhere where you can watch it online but you can get the trailer um if you go to uh tinyurl.com slash uh watch session nine then you can find the trailer on our website and you can also go on the horror movie store and you can buy it um, through Amazon and throw a few pennies our way. Thanks very much. Yeah. But um, yeah, we would like, as we do with all of these, even if we're not too keen on them ourselves, we realise that there will be people out there who will love it, obviously. Um, so make sure that you watch it yourself and then come back and tell us what you thought. Like, yeah, you know, come, we'd, come we'd love me, to bro. have a discuss. Come at yeah. me. Um, um, next week... <laughs> We've got one. We might have guests next week. No, not next week. No, week, week after. Oh, is it the week? What's next week then? So yeah, we might have. Yeah, we might have a guest next week. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but I need to convince these guests to come on and actually watch this movie because <laughs> the last time uh, I watched it with one of uh, our possible guests, um, yeah, 
uh, it was they found it very disturbing. Yeah. So I kind of want to get the monsters <laughs> just to see if the years have kind of uh, softened it at all. <laughs> uh, my guess would be no, because yeah. we are watching Sallow, mm-hmm. which I have just looked up and is sort of like the pronunciation, but I'm yeah. not going to put on a cod Italian accent. <laughs> um, have you got a, a description for Sallow? Um... I think if I remember rightly from episode zero, it is uh, a bunch of Italian fascists kidnap some teenagers and subject them to horrific torture. That pretty much covers it. Um, So if that sounds well up your alley, Mm. uh, make sure you download uh, next week's episode. Uh, On a next week's episode, we'll also be revealing who has won the, uh, the DVD... Uh, retro VHS copy of the thing so if you want to get involved in that giveaway it's so simple just go on one of our social medias we've uh, mentioned facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast or behind the sofa podcast on Instagram Uh, like the post follow us and make sure you tag a friend Uh, and if you do it on both then there's double the chance of of winning but yeah we'll be announcing the winner next week on Um, the podcast so make sure you're listening We'll also give you a message as well to get your details and all that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, if you want to hear your name read out yeah. on, uh, on Behind the Sofa podcast, then that's the way to do it. Um, anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just um, get involved. Like we said, you know, when we when we disagree on uh, on movies, that's like you know one of the things I love about like having a chat with you about film, and I'd love it if we could extend that out a little bit more to some of our listeners. So please come on, tell us what you like, what you didn't like, what you agreed with, what you didn't. Tell us Ollie's a jerk, you know, one of those fun things. <laughs> please do not tell Ollie he's a jerk. He cannot handle <laughs> he it. He is a delicate soul. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to say as well: um, if you have any suggestions of movies you would like us to review. Or maybe you want to see us stick in the list instead of, say, a session nine, uh, because I feel like I would like to scrub this movie off the top one hundred immediately. <laughs> um, if Even you... more than Society, or yep. wow, yep. okay, no, I'm Society trying... was like way more interesting than this. I'm trying to think which one you have and God disliked told me to the as most. Well. Yeah, God told me to. I preferred this to God no. told me to. No, really? No, because this one, God told me to, was fucking balmy. You know what I mean, <laughs> at least it was like had some interesting stuff going on in it. Um, this was just. Um, but anyway uh, if you've got any suggestions for movies you'd like for us to review and you think oh this movie's way better than a bunch of movies that are on that list uh, send us a message send us a DM or whatever or just comment on one of the on the list or one of the photos or something like that we'll find it because um, I think at some point in the next couple of weeks mm. we're probably going to do a listener request review show Ooh. so that will be interesting mm-hmm. um, so I think that about wraps us up doesn't I it I think so yeah so so we're ready for it so from behind the sofa good night Woo.